And uh, we're also very fortunate to have Scott Wagner on the phone with us. He's a state senator running for governor in our wonderful Pennsylvania. Hi, Scott. Good morning. Sue, good morning. Happy Friday. How are you? We've, we've made it through another week, and it's uh, wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, got a busy weekend, busy day and a busy weekend, but uh, we're doing good. All right. And I've been doing this, uh, Scott, when I have the candidates on, because in case people don't know anything about you, I do, but I can't take that for granted. So give us a little bit of your background before we get into the questions, if if you will, please. I'll do it real quickly. Sue, I'm, uh, I live in York County, York, Pennsylvania, born and raised there, grew up on a farm, uh, high school graduate, uh, spent one year Williamsport Community College, uh, did not finish, uh, started businesses at age 19, and, and today I own several businesses, employ a little over 600 people. Um, and then back in 2013, a Senate seat opened up uh, in York County, and after being abused by a lot of the Harrisburg agencies, you know, permit delays and just stuff like that, uh, and also uh, having written a lot of checks to elected officials over the years to, to hope, uh, hope in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a quest to see some regulations change and things change, that didn't happen. So I made a decision to run. Party didn't pick me. So in 2000, uh, March of 14, I won a write-in campaign first ever in the state, and I won. Uh, I've been in the Senate now for four years. And uh, after, you know, I expected Governor Corbett to get reelected in 14, and that didn't happen. And so we ended up with Governor Wolf. And after, you know, serving on a lot of committees, especially appropriations and, you know, dealing with the, the governor, while we've never really dealt, he does, the governor doesn't play, he's not a team player uh, with anybody. Uh, but I made a decision to run for governor. Uh, you know, our state's bankrupt. We need somebody with private sector business background to get this financial mess cleaned up, balance our checkbook. Um, so that's why I'm running. I announced last January um, that I've really traveled extensively all over the state for the last four years. So that's uh, that's where I am. Um, it's today's Friday, uh, May fourth, and uh, that gives you the up to date uh, the up to date uh, <laughs> intro. <laughs> awesome. So. so thanks, Scott, for that. We appreciate it. Now let's talk about um, your vision for the state of Pennsylvania. You, you've had this uh, great opportunity to be in the state senate, where uh, you you see. Uh, what works and obviously what doesn't work. What what frustrates you so much about Harrisburg that you would like well, to change it? Well, Sue, so real quickly, you know, most people have checking accounts, and and most people that are financially responsible balance their checkbooks on a monthly basis, or or even more times during a month. Pennsylvania has not balanced its checkbook in 30 years, um, and we have to get, we don't know how much money we have or how much we don't have. And I'm tired of the financial games, the secrecy that's going on. Again, with with Governor Wolf, uh, it is like, it's like the cups upside down. They keep moving around, you don't know where the money is. And I'm going to go to zero-based budgeting. We're going to balance our checkbook, we're going to go to zero-based budgeting. That That's what we have to do first. We have to understand how much money we have or don't have so we can move forward. Um, you know, if it's property tax elimination, you know, I'm a co-sponsor of Senate Bill 76. We need to know how much money we have in the bank before we move to, to 76, which, you know, I'm a co-sponsor and supporter of. But, you know, what we need to do is, so this is very important. Harrisburg doesn't create jobs. Harrisburg actually uh, chokes off job growth. So my vision for Pennsylvania, I'm a private sector business owner, and I, we have 975,000 businesses in Pennsylvania. If we stop choking off the throats of job creators and we are more business-friendly to them, um, we, the business community, will create jobs. And for example, Sue, so if, 
I said there's 975,000 job uh, employers or businesses in PA. If we just if we if I cut that in half to 500,000, and if each business hired one more person, that's a half a million people. I don't know where we're going to find the people. Why? Because we have a skilled labor crisis, and our education system today is not meeting the needs of today's economy. So, number one, I believe in doing, this is a turnaround situation, and the turnaround situation is to make sure that we are on financial, um, we're on financial uh, footing that is, that is solid, we know how much we have, and then we move forward. But, you know, Sue, I, it, when you talk about a vision, there's a lot of problems that have to be solved. We have this heroin opioid crisis to solve the charts. We got the pension crisis. I mean, I could go on for 15 minutes. So, you know, I I have a business plan in my business, and and most businesses have business plans. And if you if you are more business friendly and you are more supportive of of businesses in Pennsylvania, we will grow. We will grow our economy. Um, but we also have a 4.1, or excuse me, 4.8 percent unemployment rate in the state. The national average is 4.1. If you go to Erie, it's 6.1. You know what we really need is we need a turnaround guy right now, and and the turnaround guy is going to go in and clean up a lot of the messes that have been created over 20 and 30 years. And when we when we do that, then we can move forward. You know, on on the on the big expansion. Um, but this labor crisis is off the charts, and it could be the single it could be the single thing that really hampers the expansion of the Pennsylvania economy. And I think it's, I think it's having, it's going to, and it will have an effect on the national economy because we aren't going to be able to find people. Another problem in our area, we, we know that sometimes there's like pockets of problems, Scott, and we know in our area that uh, the property tax problem is pretty big. Our sheriff sales section is, is too big and uh, it's, it's disheartening to see people who have done their best over the years for decades to pay taxes, losing their homes to sheriff sale. You did talk about the Senate Bill 76. In, in case people don't know what that is, talk about your support for something that addresses the problem of school property taxes for those who own their own homes. Well, Sue, it's real simple. You know, every school district uh, has, you know, imposes its own school tax, their their own school taxes through, you know, through a real estate tax, and they bill typically in, in July of each year. And those taxes have gone up dramatically. A lot of those taxes in a four- to five-year year period have gone up 25%. And, you know, there are a lot of seniors that I've met across the state. Their, their children have been gone for 50 years, 50 or 55 years, and they still have the taxes on their homes. And, and so... So what Senate Bill 76 would do would, would, would eliminate the school taxes on, on, on uh, those properties, and, and then it would impose a the, – the, the sales tax would change from 6 to 7%. The personal income tax would go up a little bit, um, so, and that's where revenue would come in. So we have to find probably about 12 or $13 billion. So that's why when I talk about zero-based budgeting and I talk about balancing our checkbook, I wouldn't want to go immediately to 76 and raise the sales tax from 6 to 7. When all the, if we did our, if we bounced our checkbook, did zero-based budgeting, we found out we didn't need to do that. Maybe we need to tax more items. But, you know, we also have to remember we have competition from other states. You know, we have Delaware. It doesn't have a sales tax. And we have other states. Most of the states around us are 6%. So if you go to 7%, you know, if you understand what I'm saying, Stu, we need we need to understand how much we have in our checking account. Mm-hmm. But people are choking 
you know, people are choking, you know, on these on the school taxes. And I see it more up in the Northeast, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Hazleton, West Pittston, you know, Old Forge, areas like that. Now, one thing that's happened, Sue, and this is really back, this is, this is my core mission. Everybody is seeing, if you, are, if you are gainfully employed today, about the second or third week of February, you started to see 25 to 4% more in your paycheck because of the federal tax cuts. Now, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal just last week and said on average, the average American family across the country will have an additional $2,900 in tax savings. $2,900 is a lot of money to a lot of people. And my mission is to make sure that they, I'm out, my mission is to protect that paycheck of every person in Pennsylvania, protect their paycheck, to make sure that Harrisburg doesn't take that 2900 But I can tell you in 2015, Governor Wolf proposed $4.5 billion worth of tax increases. And, and if Governor Wolf gets reelected, Governor Wolf is going to be back again to get tax increases. And you know, honestly, Sue, I'm not going to be there because I'm not running for my Senate seat. And, and I was a huge fighter against these tax increases. And there are some other people that are leaving, you know, running for, you know, other positions. They're not going to be in the House and Senate. But the bottom line is I can tell you that that 2900 will be gone if Governor Wolf gets reelected in the first three years that he's in office with his tax cuts. That 2900 is gone. Well, other things are going up. So, again, my mission, protect the paycheck of Pennsylvanians. Also in our uh, region, there is, of, of course, something that is happening in other parts of the state, and that is this uh, opioid crisis, which seems to have a, a stranglehold on a, a lot of people, whether it's from, you know, heroin or prescription medication. It just seems to be such a bad situation. What would you do differently as the governor of Pennsylvania, realizing this problem may not be solved overnight? Well, so you know that's interesting you asked me because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little uh, I'm a little uh, tangled with the governor here this morning. Uh, we got an email yesterday afternoon at 4:43 from uh, someone in his office, and it says, "Please be advised that on Friday, March 4th, which is or excuse me, May 4th at 10 a.m., the governor will be at Burns Education Center in York to discuss opioid epidemic education and and, and new United Healthcare disposable drug kits." So we just got notice of this last night. Number one, I'm going to be at this, this governor. All, this is all, all political for him. And we would think that the governor would, would reach out to the, 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 the representatives, the House and Senate members, whether you're D's or R's, to, to participate in this event. And plus, I also was, was instrumental in the formation of the York County Heroin Task Force. What I will be as I will be a huge, I will be the team leader. And what I will do, Sue, is the day after the election in November, when I am the governor-elect, I'll be reaching out to all the district attorneys, drug treatment folks, law enforcement, and, and you know, recovering addicts, and also parents of victims. Bring everybody together by December third, by December fifteenth of this year, and I will ask them what they what they need from me as the governor. We can tell you that there's a, uh, a shortage of beds, treatment beds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will tell you that we're trying to push people through um, treatment programs in 30 days, where the average number of days needed is 270. Well, to go from three to 270 is that's going to cost a lot of money. Um, but I, it, my job as the governor is to bring everybody together, not in secrecy. And you know, again, I'm this governor has just. You know, what he's done has been totally disrespectful to the people of the York community by giving us notice last night at almost 5 o'clock that he'll be there this morning. And, uh, but 
law enforcement, we need to look at our mandatory minimum sentences. If you're dealing, if you're dealing drugs, dealing heroin, for example, and you carry a firearm, I think you should get a mandatory five to ten years. And law enforcement people are frustrated because, um, you know, they don't have the teeth. And district attorneys are, are upset because they don't have the teeth. We don't have the mandatory minimum laws in place. So this... Sue, this is going to be a crisis that's going to be off the charts for a long time. But also the most important thing is we need to go into, as soon as a child goes into daycare, and I'm talking like you might have a two- or three-year-old child that goes into daycare. These kids are smart, and they learn things. They need to hear that drug dealers are bad, needles are bad, you know, drugs will kill you, and they need to hear that the whole way through 12th grade. In addition, um, you know, I attended an event yesterday where they talked about alcohol addiction. Also, and you know, I think we need to have education when it, in the schools. We need to be talking about alcohol and drugs to the students. We need this needs to be ingrained in their minds as soon as you know. It's sort of you know, like when they read Jack and the Beanstalk uh, or the Red Jack and the Beanstalk. You know, in a in a classroom setting, they need to also there needs to be a drug education book, and we need to quit dancing around. You know, talking about this issue with the children because it is that's where that's how we're going to cure this. We've got it, and this may affect a whole generation until we get this under control. Also, as governor, I will I will issue executive orders on the number of uh, prescription drugs that could be dispensed on a on on for pain medication such as Vicodin, you know, oxycodone, Percocet, stuff like that. Now, you know, the governor. The other thing is, our governor just vetoed a bill last Friday, Senate Bill nine thirty six, which would have curbed and limited uh, prescriptions. Uh, you know, for you know the opioid prescriptions for pain, and he vetoed it because um, he received a, a one million dollar campaign contribution from a a pack called Fairness PA, which is owned by a bunch of pharmacies, and the pharmacies are owned by uh, workers' comp attorneys in Philly, and also by workers' comp doctors. So, I mean, we've got a we've got a we have a, a governor that is not out leading. Um, he's huge conflict, and he's not a team player on this, and it's a crisis, and we need a we need a a governor who's who's a leader and a team player with everyone to get this solved. All right, and uh, finally, uh, the the uh, rancor between you and candidate Paul Mango has been pretty severe during this election. The negativity and in, in some of the advertising, which uh, both of you have engaged in, um, as a Republican myself, I, I get disappointed when I see this because I wonder if the person who wins the primary will be damaged going into the fall against uh, Tom Wolf, and uh, maybe this has opened the door for uh, a, a, a terribly um, destructive campaign against the GOP nominee. So can you talk about that negative advertising and why you engaged in it? Well, Sue, our, we, we, don't, we, we take a different position. Number one, Mr. Mango came out with, with, with ads that, were not, that, were, that would disparage me and were not correct, not accurate. So we responded. Um, and we responded over, you know, Obamacare. Uh, he he co-authored um, uh, an article with two other people from McKinsey, and then he also um, he was interviewed by the Economist magazine. We have both the documents, and in one he, you know, he promoted he he promoted universal health care. He thought it was a good idea. He promoted individual mandates. Bottom line is Obamacare has been a disaster, but he has been hung up on this fairness issue, and he keeps branding, branding me as the guy that wants that, that the bathroom senator, the bathroom bill. There is no bathroom bill. And if you go on, if you go on Penn Live this morning, John Mysick, who's a writer for the Patriot, 
did a, did a story about how we should pass the fairness bill because that's what's going to keep Amazon from coming to Pennsylvania. There is no bathroom bill. So Mr. Mango chose to go negative. And then, you know, then when he came in with the, the, the really the, the personal uh, character assassination on me, that's where he, drew, he crossed the line. And we responded. But I can tell you that you, uh, starting on Monday, you've now seen a positive ad. Uh, we're going to win. Mr. Mango is losing badly. He is not just down two or three points. He's down probably 15 to 20 easily. So, you know, he's got a consultant uh, who says, you know, you have a lot of money. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll spend your money and we'll bloody this guy up and we'll win. So it's not going to work. And I'm going to win the primary. I'm going to, I'm going to compete heavily against Governor Wolf. And I believe that when the, when the citizens of Pennsylvania realize they have somebody who is really going to fight for them, Instead of be, governor's really a PR guy. He's not a governor. He's not governing. He's not leading. He hides a lot. Um, you know, areas of Pennsylvania have not seen the governor at all um, over the last three years. So I believe that, that we're going to win in the primary, and uh, I'm going to go on, and I'm going to uh, be the next governor of Pennsylvania because we're going to talk about the issues. Let's, you know, I, I listed all the problems. People want to talk about the issues. They, don't, they could care less what one of us did 40 years ago. So... You're going to see a different tone. This, your, our new ads, and I don't know if you've seen them, but it really talks about, you know, that I'm a job creator and, you know, that I'm on a mission to protect the, the, the paychecks of Pennsylvania. Very good. Uh, Scott Wagner, thanks so much for uh, speaking with us this morning and spending all this time with us. We truly appreciate it. Sue, so thank you very much.